I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic. A podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between them. So I went to the endo. You did go to the endo. And the endo is always entertaining because she's completely unpredictably different every time. She is. She was at the most even killed this time I've seen her, but it was like eight o'clock in the morning. Okay. So even though she was by herself, which I've mentioned another time when she had some interns with her, she was a little more lively. She was still pretty easy to deal with. And then they, the, she's in the university system and they have a new computer system. So she had to carry the laptop and input things. Yes. They don't have paper records anymore. No. And? And she had my blood work, which my doctor had ordered. Yes. And mm-hmm. we discussed that a few weeks ago. Blood work results. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And did she say anything about your numbers? She laughed at our doctor's office for, you can tell her that she doesn't need to order the PSA. I said, I know. (laughs) And so does she, but her MA didn't. (laughs) And she said, just cross it off next time. And I was like, I can do that. And she said, absolutely. So that was good to know. People are all independent like that in the West, though. They they are. I didn't want to mess anything up on there. And I was half curious what, what would happen. (laughs) Like, what would happen with the insurance? Would the insurance freak out because they asked for this, you know... Prostate exam on Prostate level on the blood work or whatever. Mm -hmm. Because obviously there was nothing to really diagnose with blood work on that particular region. Correct. Being that it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She didn't say anything about my levels or my blood work, which is good. Mm Mm-hmm. She did say that my gender marker was wrong in the university system. Mm-hmm. And that when I was done meeting with her, I should go to the front desk and tell them that she said so. Yes. Which was the most direct and simple way to do it. Because when you've been trying to get this done for yourself, nobody pays attention to you because you're not a doctor? Some of their systems are, have been so convoluted that if somebody goes to change something it doesn't seem to really stick right and so over the past few months of getting all sorts of doctory time you have most of your records still say f and you've just sort of been like eh, whatever eh, it's not my problem it's your problem mm-hmm. but that made it simple enough yep i started to ask her about the is it avid yes avid which is the nibido of the U.S. The U.S. is uh, USDA, uh, U.S. drug. Yes, it's it's folks the have approved uh, the time release long term testosterone. Yes, injection. From what, from what I've looked at online, it's mainly being used right now in the U.S. It's it's been introduced, in, I think, in the spring, and it's being used for cis guys who do produce some testosterone themselves, but but need that as a supplement. So there's no, I haven't got my hands on any information that. Any F to M guys, you know, anybody in transition, anybody who doesn't produce any testosterone on their own or with testes, I suppose, would just be the, the way to explain that, are you are using this. And so my concern would be what some reports I did read about guys switching from weekly or biweekly uh, depot testosterone or testosterone sipionate 
injections. Switching to the time release, we're not keeping their levels as high and we're having other problems. And I've had enough problems with that. So mm-hmm. without enough information about it, I wouldn't switch to it. But I did mention to her that I had been looking at it, just trying to find out, you know, was it going to be used for transition purposes? And she misunderstood what I was saying and, and responded to me with an answer that was more about the pellets, which is something you find online too. There's pellets mm-hmm. that can be put under your skin, usually around your bottom of your ass there. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, they're a time release thing. Right. And she said some people do use those. She didn't know anybody in our area using them. In other words, she doesn't have that experience. But what I've mostly looked at online is guys using that method have been on T for a while, like five years. They've, they've passed their second adolescence and they're yeah. just maintaining. Yeah. So it's, it's not, you know, I just, I got this thing ironed out and I, I don't want to mess with it. Right. It, it took a while to get here. It's no fun when it goes up and down. When I missed one shot, I did have an up and down thing for a few weeks and had to mm-hmm. compensate with some andrectum. And I, I meant to bring her the flyer for that. I have it in the car. And she, right. does, she does want it. So I need, to, I need to bring it there. Right. So that she knows mm-hmm. what that is. She likes to be informed. Okay. So I had a good visit with the endo. She wrote me some new scripts because the pharmacy was messing up the needles, and I explained that to her. Yes, they were giving you one-inch needles instead of one-and-a-half-inch needles. And that's not what she wants, and I clarified with that with her. Yes. And then she wrote me a new script. And so I was having to give you your injection not in your gluteus media, the, the upper glute, mm-hmm. but instead I was having to give it to you in your thigh. Right, which is feasible, and that's what mm-hmm. I had to do when I went out of town. You know, I had to do that myself, but I, I need to bring the script in so I can get the needles filled and save those short needles for if I have to do it myself. Right. Which, you know, I did go to the pharmacy and get a needle at a time, but that took like a whole trip to the pharmacy to ask them for a needle and have somebody decide and give me a needle, and Ugh. I'd rather just have some there. Yes. It's disconcerting to not have the supplies you need. Mm-hmm. So I like to have them handy. I did go to the front desk on my way out. Good. And I said, doctor said, my records have me listed as female, and that's wrong. And they looked at me, and I had my ID, and they looked at my ID, and they go, huh, that's weird. (laughs) And they fixed it. That's great. That is totally great. And somebody who has the ability to press the right keyboard strokes and have it stick in the computer, has to look at it and usually decide, oh, that's wrong. Uh-huh. And then fix it. Yes. And so... And right now is perfect since they just switched to their electronic system. Yes. And they can just perceive that as a, a mistake. Yes. When they have to think about all this, why it's different, and it wasn't different before, and, and process that, they usually screw it up when they're putting it in the computer or something. Yes. That's no good. Yeah. So that was good that now the entire university system has your correct records, which is not the hospital system. Not the hospital system. But we'll see if they all share records on the statewide network. Yes, but doctor pointed out that that would not affect the hospital system. So The, the university health system is not part of that particular hospital system. Right. 
it will probably not affect it. I'm not really, I'm not going to worry. Mm-hmm. You haven't so far. No. Except at the very beginning when you were a little worried. And by a little, I mean completely obsessing for like two days before you went into that first. If I should do something or not. Yeah. I just needed to decide. Yeah. I wasn't going to do anything. Good. Just leave it. Don't worry about it. They they weren't even looking at the, the letter in the gender field anymore. Nobody was. No. No. My experience was nobody was looking at the document in the computer. They were looking at me and saying, hello, sir. Yes. So that's good. Yeah. And then after that, you had actually, before that, you had had your one-year checkup on your surgery. I did, which was a couple of weeks after my actual anniversary of the surgery, but whatever. Yes. And so you had some puckering around one of the scars and a little bit of concave space on your left pec and a couple of the ends of the scars where the two lines came together and almost but not quite met at the center over your sternum had a little bit of not puckering. What's the opposite of puckering where it pokes out like dog ears? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the surgeon said, well, I don't want you walking around with my name on your chest and it looks like that. Basically. And he had said that several months ago. He said, uh, when I asked him about it, the concave part was around the nipple and on the left side, it was bigger. Mm-hmm. So when he's doing the surgery and he's doing the surgery, I wanted that he doesn't want to take away too much skin. Right. He doesn't want to leave too much either. Right. And you got to, do your best to find the balance between that. Mm-hmm. And he's done a lot of these, so he knows what he's going yeah. for. But uh, it was still concave around the nipple. And I, when I had asked him about that, he said his thought was, if it was still like that at a year mark, uh-huh. that we he would want to look at doing an office procedure for revision. Mm-hmm. And um, there would be no extra charge on that. Mm-hmm. And we'd just do it in the office so it wouldn't be a big deal. Right. And I thought, okay, well, that sounds right, and we'll see what it looks like, and I'll decide then. And then when that time came up, we decided that... He said, I think we're ready to do this. And what I'd like to do is like, do a liposuction on the part that sticks out under the puckering uh-huh. and take these dog ears off, and we can just do that in office. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. And then they scheduled that. Yes. Right away. And... It was a couple weeks out from Mm -hmm. when I saw him. I wasn't prepared. They said, oh, it's just an office visit and it's just, you know, no big deal. And it wasn't a big deal overall. It was definitely the weirdest thing I've ever done, I think. It was really weird. Yeah. It was bizarre. So, So talk us through this process. Well... We got there, and they weren't on schedule, so we had to go take a walk. And we is you and... My my taxi driver, my work wife. Who had driven you there because I had to work that day. Yes, and she happened to have time off like Mm -hmm. I did because we had worked our hours. So I had recruited her right right away when I had scheduled it because I didn't want to recruit Papa because he's already taken me to the proctologist, so, you know. (laughs) Yep. That's one end per person, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Anyhow, came back and... And they said, okay, it'll take about, it would, they said it would take a couple hours, which was longer than, than I had remembered thinking it would take, but that's okay. She wanted to go to Macy's or something. 
And I was really glad I didn't have to go to Macy's. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you go in, there's a big chair. It's kind of like a dentist chair and it goes, leans back. But because you're at the surgeons, they draw on you first with a marker. Yes. And you have to sit up for that. Mm-hmm. And then they, they tip you back and, and he says, okay, so I'm going to numb this up. And I thought, well, yeah, that's what they did to my ass when they... <laughs> well, yes, before they cut you open, they don't want you to feel it. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. And so, okay, so that needle was... The, the first lidocaine needles were about the same size as the ones I saw for my ass. About two inches, three inches? About three inches long. Three inches, yeah. Two and a half, three inches, maybe. Probably three. And... I know what that's going to feel like. I felt it on the other end. It felt about the same, just a different spot. Yeah. Stinging, you know, thing in there, putting that all in. But then they need to reach farther than that. <laughs> so they get a, a needle out. That's like eight inches long. It's so long that it kind of droops when they hold it horizontal <laughs> because it's really thin, which is good. Yes. It's very thin. Yes. And I saw the needle and I thought, wow, that's amazing how long that skinny needle could be in. Yeah. I'm just glad I can't see what they're doing because my yeah. my thing is I'm not like entirely phobic of needles, but mm-hmm. typically it's just better for me if I don't look. Everything's smoother. Yeah. I could probably build up some sort of resistance, but I couldn't see at that angle anyway. Right. I could feel it. Yeah. But it wasn't terrible. You're tipped back in a chair, and to lift your head would probably involve some of the muscles that you're trying not to use yes, right now. Yes, I'm supposed now. to keep my arms out of the way. Oh. And, you know, so they do it all up, and then they check and see. They poke at you with something sharp, probably, to see if it hurts. <laughs> Let me test that, he says. <laughs> Does this hurt? I have to test that. Yeah. And then they, they get out this long tube that's like a really skinny straw, but not as skinny as you think it should be to be going where it's going to go under your skin. You're right. And they're going to stick it in the hole they're going to cut on the side here. First, he Under kn- your armpit by about four inches. Yeah. So he first he, he gets on this uh, right side and he takes off this dog ear. And I just know that because there were sharp things and a lot of thread. Yes. And uh, I I could hear it. And unfortunately, I'm a picture thinker, so... You that, could you had a mental image of what I was happening. I didn't really want it, but it was there. It was kind of like a song stuck in your head that won't go away. It was one of those things. <laughs> Only it, it, for me, it's pictures. <laughs> I'm sorry. And uh, I thought, okay, well, you know, that's quick and whatever. But then there's this long straw thing going in, like you said, about four, four or six inches, several, several inches under my armpit on the side next to where the drains were before. Mm-hmm. And he, he's sticks that thing in and he's jamming it around in there. And I don't know if he's jamming things loose or he's sucking them up now with the liposuction thing or what he's doing because... You're not looking. I'm not looking, but I can picture it anyway. And it's just not... I'm glad I'm not looking because then the picture would stick in my head too instead of just the idea. The idea fades better. Mm -hmm. But um, it was very strange sensation. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, and then it, it hurt a little bit. He says, I'm going to numb that up some more. And he numbed it up some more. And he said, it just, it's where the scar tissue is. It's a little harder to get past it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, he's ramming that thing through there, like to, trying to yeah. get it past the scar tissue. And you can, you know, it's it's just very bizarre. And um, not terribly comfortable, not like painful, but just not comfortable. Right. And uh, 
when you get near the scar tissue that was near the dog ear on the left side, um, I, I would grimace a little because it did, you know, but it wasn't painful. It just was kind of like, hmm. That's, and he said, mm-hmm. I can see your face. And, and for him, that was uncomfortable because he said, usually people are knocked out. And so he doesn't have to worry about what they're feeling. <laughs> he pretty much said it that way. And I was like, yeah, yeah I understand fair. that. And I could see how that could be uh, beneficial. But because of, you know, that would be a surgery center. and Yeah, they can't knock o- you out in the office. I don't want that anyway. I don't want the anesthesia. It messes up my gut really bad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's difficult for your body to clean out those toxins. And and I have a, I have a tough time with that. So I was better off with the really weird, discomforting procedure. Yes. And uh, then they had to go from the other side and jam that thing around in there. And, mm-hmm. and then he stops and he looks once in a while to see if he's getting what he wants <laughs> flattened out there. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I hope that this is sucking that stuff up too, because I don't want to have to stick something else in there to right. <laughs> vacuum everything out, right? Right. And he did show me, but I couldn't quite see. I could just see a lot of blood. And he was like, this is the fat you know, that he was sucking out that was in his way. Yes. Making things not smooth. Yes. Which you can appreciate. I I like when things are smooth. Yes. So just things in general. Yes. Bumps are not what surgeons want. So. Yes. And uh, so he showed showed me off to my left. I couldn't quite turn all the way that way to see. and, And I didn't really care. I just glanced to be like, okay, you didn't respo- want to see the tub res- of fat and blood? I'm responding, oh, yes, that is a tub of fat and blood, or that is a syringe, large large syringe. How big is this? Uh, Two inches. Two inches uh, across. Two inches diameter. So it's uh, <clears throat> That's big about tube of... A foot tall. Stuff over there. Mm-hmm. But the, definitely the oddest part was the thing rumming around underneath the skin, sucking tissue out. That's yeah. just... He's making a face. Yeah. He's making a really, really grim face. But short-lived, so it was, that was good. Yes, that yeah. it was done, and you got yeah. flatter. I did. And you're not puckery and concave anymore. Right. A little bit on the one side still, but... They, they, they had offered, if you come 10 minutes early, you can take a Valium. I declined on the Valium. I just didn't want more drugs in my system... Mm-hmm. More toxic stuff to clean out. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel the need for that. I didn't feel... Your body doesn't respond very well to... I didn't need to be calm. I was perfectly happy and glad we were just going to try this procedure. And I wasn't thinking about how weird it would be or or what was going to happen after. Right. So when, when, I, when I was leaving, I was uncomfortable and, and I was going to leave. And they said, well, you have a, a driver... Give him a Percocet if he wants one. And so I said, yes, I'll take that. And I, I was concerned about my gut, but I was more concerned about pain. Yeah. And I know the very best time to take the painkillers right away. Before I'm, the in-house anesthetic wears off. Yes. You might not need it several hours later if you take it right away. Mm-hmm. That's how it works for me. It works that way for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So I took it. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about... What was the going compre- to I totally forgot they were giving me a compression garment. Yes. I totally forgot all the things that you can't do. I won't say can and can't do. I will say can't do. Yes. After you have a procedure. Yes, because... Where they separate your skin from the rest of your tissue. You, you were T-Rexy again for a couple of days. I was. 
we made jokes. It was funny, but, but I it was forgotten. still inconvenient. <laughs> it's inconvenient to be standing there in the kitchen looking up at the shelf going, Is it worth getting somebody to help me get this? Do I want that? Can I reach something else? <laughs> Little grabber thing, grab it. Have you a very still have old, the grabber thing. I have a very old grabby thing. Uh-huh. The other ones grab kind of like hands do, the newer ones. Oh, the newer ones have like the, the flexing thing. grabs yours, like a, a finger yours. and a thumb grabbing, but they're plastic so they can be slippery. Uh-huh. So you have to be grabbing something that is... Yeah, you, you know, have an old school, long reachy... Grabby thing. Grabby thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that and moving around, trying to sleep. Thank you for reminding me to sleep upright, because that was helpful the first night. Yes, the first night you tried to sleep and tried to sleep, and you just could not get comfy. And I said, have you tried propping yourself up? I made the mistake of laying down, and it was ouch. And trying to get back up was even more ouch, and I had to get up and walk around the <laughs> bed and come, give come you my me. hands to pull you up with, because yeah. <laughs> your own muscles weren't doing you, it. You couldn't pull me either. I had to grab and pull myself so that you wouldn't hurt me. Yes. Everything was very tender. It was. And the biggest problem, of course, is lack of sex. Yeah, when you can't support yourself and you're kind of... It was like before, where all all you had ever done was a handful of things that worked for you, and you can't access them anymore. No, and, and then you don't want to move the wrong way and hurt yourself while things are trying to heal. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of avoiding discomfort, and you can, it's harder to have... If you're not into pain, it's it's harder to have pleasure while you're trying to avoid... You There's this low-level background anxiety of, am I going to hurt myself while I'm getting off? And it distracts <laughs> from the getting off. It does. It totally does, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and even just moving around at all the first two days is... Yeah. Yeah. So. That was no good. And it definitely added to your frustration over being unable to reach things and do things. And it was good that you had scheduled it for a Friday because then you were able to recover over the weekend a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It worked out. It worked out okay for that. But I'm not quite at the point where I can use the right side of my body all the way yet. No, you can't. I can use it a lot more, but I can't stretch as far. And I don't want to go detaching skin from mm-hmm. where it's trying to attach. But I also don't want too much scar tissue. So Right. So you're trying to strike that balance between yeah. keeping active but not overexerting. My assumption or understanding at this point is as long as I'm wearing this compression vest, I shouldn't tax myself. And he did say when he was done that my job was to rest. And I thought, crap. <laughs> You're not good at that. I hate that. That's, that. That goes hand in hand with that responsibility thing we I talked about. I forgot about that. And I probably did that forgetting on purpose because I didn't want to remember. That after you have surgery, you're supposed to rest. And even if it's just liposuction, it's still surgery. It is. Uh-huh. I, I saw the needles. No, those, yeah. Yeah. But. It, it looks way better. It looked not so great. I mean, I couldn't even take off the vest for two days. So no. I had it Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. I finally had got the shower. Uh-huh. You took it off and you did take a shower on Sunday so that you could go to work on Monday and it, not be a scuzzball and stink everybody else out of the office. Yeah. Yeah. Stink my, stink my wife out of the bedroom that oh. evening. And then, and, um, and then it didn't I look sprayed great. your it vest didn't... with Febreze. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was the best we could do at that point. 
is you know just try to make sure we de stunk everything. I, I couldn't I couldn't wash it. You couldn't leave it off for that long. No, no, it couldn't. I had to take a very short shower. That was my instructions. Uh-huh. And so then I didn't take the vest off again for three more days. No, it was Tuesday. I went to see him. When I okay. took it off Tuesday, I was like, "Wow, this looks really good." Uh huh. I'm impressed. Uh huh. Like, yeah, I have Frankenstein stitches in a couple places, but the part where he liposuction is flat. Yeah, so it makes the part where it, it where the nipple looks looked pulled in mm-hmm. doesn't look like that now. It looks a little like that, a little concave, but it's not prominent like it was. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like a a quilt where it got ticked together, where they yeah. tacked it together. Somebody. It, yeah. it doesn't look all puffy around the little tack. It looks like mostly flat. Yeah, it's it's uh, mm-hmm. more congruous with the rest of the area. Yes, I like it. I like it too. Yes. So I, that weirdness was worth it. I don't want to do that again. No. I don't want to play that. He did say if the the second part he had said when he talked about revision was we would do this, and then. We would possibly, and he pointed, it, at, pointed at my belly, <laughs> takes a little bit of fat and stick it up there where the part is. And and I probably would do that if he decides to. Uh-huh. I'm sure it won't be pleasant. I'm sure it won't be quite as extreme as sucking things out of there. Well, they're going to have to suck it out of your midsection to inject it again know, into but, your... But that the, the procedure is not one I've done, so I probably would do it because it's an experience. And because then I can just report it to all these... All of our friends on the interwebs. People. And um, because I like the result I got out of this one. Yeah. 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 If if that doesn't flatten out quite as much as we hope it does, if it still looks a little concave, I think it it would be an interesting experience. It would. And you're all about the interesting experiences. I am. <laughs> so... After that, you took another shower, and this time you showered in the vest so that it would rinse off, and then you took the vest off to and finish rinsed, cleaning rinsed yourself. it a little bit more and gave it to you, and you put it in the dryer. Yeah, I put it in the dryer for on real low temperature, but just enough so that it would be not completely soaked when you got out of the shower. But by that point, it had already stretched a little. Well, the other thing that happened is I wasn't as swollen, so I had shrunk. You had shrunk, yes. So I put the vest on. And when I laid down, it was loose. And I was like, crap. And it was starting to, the day before, be a little bit loose. Mm-hmm. And then after I took it out of the dryer and we tried to put it back on you when it had been washed and dried and it didn't compress, which... I was hoping it would like shrink a little bit or something. But... I, that's what I was thinking, too. Like, it would shrink a little in the dryer. That's why I you mean, said, that... yeah, just go ahead and put it in the dryer. Hot, and if hot it shrinks water, a little... Hot water in the shower. Hot dryer. You'd think. Nope. Maybe I should have put the temperature up on high. I was trying not to degrade the elastic right. by putting well, it on low. No, no, I think you were fine with that, but I think it had more to do with me shrinking. Yeah. And so I did call the surgeon's office. That night, actually, I just got creative and wore it upside down because the bottom half has more elastic. And it's a men's vest, so it's made so it tapers a little towards the bottom. Uh-huh. Um, and so there's like a couple inch wide piece of elastic and so wearing it upside down just kind of 
took care of the compression. And yes. It felt better to have it compressed. Yes. I, I like the way that it feels when the skin is attaching to the tissue. You still have your old binders, and I, I almost wondered if one of those might not be worth it, but I didn't think you could get your hands all the way up to put it on. Over my head and squeezing it on could be um, an unfortunate experience. Yeah, no. This one had Velcro that's, in the front, so you could put it on actually like a vest. That's why they make compression ones uh, with an opening. Yes. Because there's been surgery and you're not reaching in those yes. directions. But in, in any case, mm -hmm. then I called and I, I reported this to them. And, and you were already wearing the smallest one they had. I was in this brand. And they had tried some other brands. They had told me this when, it, when they gave it to me right after the procedure. They said, well, let us know how this vest is because this is a new one. We had tried some other ones and they were too long and this one's a little shorter and... So let us know how this is. Overall, it's a comfortable garment. Mm -hmm. And the other thing we had thought of when, when I put it on, I had it on upside down, is possibly you taking it in. But we didn't want to do that until we talked Talk. to them. Yeah, because if there was a chance that they were going to ask you for that one back and give you a different one, then we didn't want to have made all these modifications on it. Right. But when I talked to them, it was pretty clear that they weren't sure either, but it wasn't going to involve... They didn't say anything about bringing it there. They said... Possibly, if your wife can take it in, that, that might work. And let us talk to the doctor, because don't you have to wear that for like six weeks or something? And I was like, <gasps> no, <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. Two weeks, two weeks. He said two weeks, I thought. So when they called me back yesterday, it was after five on a Friday. Wow. And uh, said, okay, so doctor says, no, you don't have to wear it that long, but you should be wearing it for now. So, you know, if upside down or... Or your wife taking it in, or she was talking the whole time, so then I had to wait till she was done and say you did take it in after I had talked to them that morning. Uh-huh. What was that, Thursday morning? It was Thursday morning, and, then, and I, I had you put it on, and I had you not tighten it quite as far as you totally could, but then I pinched it in the back and sort of marked off where it was going to compress from. Mm-hmm. And so I had sewn it up in the back to where it would actually be tight on you again. Mm -hmm. Yes, and it worked well. Good. And you're still wearing it now. I am. I'm not nearly as itchy. The first couple days, the itchiness, probably the first four days, the itchiness uh -huh. was insane. I'm sorry. The itchiness. How much of that was itchiness from wearing an elastic garment against your skin 24-7? And how much of that was under the surface in the soft tissue of... The, Things reattaching and everything was just itchy because... And the, and the stitches. Recovery. Yeah, some of each. Mm -hmm. um, I got an idea of how much of it was, which when we washed it out, I was significantly less itchy after we washed it out. The itchiness that was farther under the skin was more... I don't want to say prominent. Uh, I was more aware of it. Mm -hmm. And that way of dealing with that is just pressing on it. Especially, I, can, I can't scratch anything like where the... If you try and scratch through a compression garment, it doesn't actually scratch. No, not only that, but I don't want to scratch anything that's near the stitches. Mm -mm. That won't feel nice. No. And if it's way underneath the tissue, and that the tissue where he liposuctions, it's kind of green. It's bruised, so it's green. I didn't think of Arnica until after last time I put Arnica on for days ahead of time. Mm -hmm. But like this time, like I said, I didn't think about anything. No. 
I obviously am a man now. <laughs> I love you. Thank you. So, yep. Pr- pressing on the itchy spot, just press on him for a minute. Press on him. Yes. I don't know how this looks, but I walk around doing this. <laughs> He's just poking at his torso and holding a finger or two in a place to. I don't think anybody pressure. notices, and I'm just an old guy. Nobody notices what I do. Nobody notices what old guys do. You are correct. No, not old guy. He's, you know, got nose hairs and stuff with it. You know, <laughs> You've been trimming your nose hairs. I trimmed them before we went out, too. Yeah. Yeah. I was happy that you did. Thank you. You're welcome. The nose trimmer doesn't work so good. I had to use that other one. Well, that reminds me of, like, when you have a sneeze and it won't go away and it just tickles inside your nose. It's that same sense of, I can't scratch it. I can't make it go away. But if I just press on the sides of my nose, it'll... It usually... I don't have that, but that makes sense. I know what you, yeah. I know what you mean. So it's the same idea in the in the soft tissue across your rib cage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You've never had a sneeze that wouldn't actually sneeze? No, I don't think so. That's weird. No, you and I are very different. It's not weird. Oh, fair. We do things, everything very differently. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I like this. You won't. I'll eat it up for you. Okay. Yeah, whatever it is. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, this beverage is yummy. But I'll say that to a class of students and every single one of them when I say like, oh my goodness, kids, I have a sneeze right here and it won't go away because they'll look at me like I've grown two heads because I'm making all sorts of weird faces. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm really not losing my mind. I just have a sneeze stuck you in my nose. You losing your mind. You're in a room full of small children. Yes. Well, <laughs> I say I have a sneeze and it's stuck and it won't come out. And so it just sits there and tickles and they're like, oh my gosh, I hate that. And all of them, like they all understand it. Huh. I I don't recognize that description, so... Hmm. Hmm. Oh, well. It sounds like, like it's about right, though. Yeah. I have an itch, and I just press it, and and then there's a couple of spots that burn, and then this whole spot where the bruising is that's green uh-huh. is very firm. I don't know if you can feel the difference. See if you can feel the difference of the two sides. I'm, I'm reaching to the space under his pecs and Doesn't touching... Kind it of. does feel firmer on the left side where he took out more, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yes. So that's probably sore muscle. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping it's muscle. <laughs> when I was talking to him. I'm hoping it's not developing scar tissue. You might you might start <laughs> Well, that's what I'm massaging starting to do it a little massaging bit. it a little. Because I said to him when he was deciding to do the mm-hmm. surgery, I said, well, you know, I was hoping that that I would be able to grow some muscle there, you know, work out and get some muscle going there. And, uh-huh. and he said, you and me both, pal. <laughs> like, yeah. No. It didn't work that way. I'm hopeful that it will now. Yeah. I did mention him. I said, well, that could help with some of the scar tissue I had. Mm-hmm. He said, well, but it will make more scar tissue. Yeah. But it'll be slightly different. I think if I, I have a chance at this point, because he had to break through a lot of the scar tissue too work at it more this time. I didn't work at it as much last time because this side took was taking longer to heal. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't work at it and try to get more scar tissue loose. Right. Whereas this time I have a chance to do that because I know right. what kind of problem mm-hmm. was going on. Right. So I think that's all for now. Okay. That's it. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, 
iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! A podcast about gender and some (laughs) other stuff. (laughs) You didn't give me the cue sheet. I didn't. (laughs) Oh, man. Gender and orientation and all that stuff in between. Hold on. With life. (laughs) Not good enough. (laughs) A podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between them. Good job. I like the first version. (laughs) Don't worry, it'll be on the (laughs) blooper reel. (laughs) You should put it at the beginning for a change.